Blog Talk Radio. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. 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 We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters we're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, brought to you by Wealthy Sisters Media Group. We proudly promote positive people, and you know you can always visit us for all of your branding and publishing needs at www.wealthysistersmedia.com. Again, that's S-I-S-T-A-S, wealthysistersmedia.com. Here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, we love connecting businesses with people, stories, and music, and our purpose is twofold. First, we must make sure that we provide you, that dynamic listener, with inspiration and encouragement and that practical knowledge that you can apply to your business and your life right now for that positive impact. And second, we absolutely must continue to provide a platform to edify, to promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I am Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Radio Network, and today, you know, is another Dynamic Tuesday. Can you believe it? It is March 24, 2015, and as you know, we are here every day for you 24-7 at WealthySistersRadio.com. And as always, we shoot the show live here with you every week at the same time. That's Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for continuing to spread the word. We appreciate all of the love, all of the Facebooks, the text messages, the emails, Thank you so much for all of your suggestions, ideas. We want you to continue to send us feedback. We appreciate you. So remember, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter under Wealthy Sisters. Again, that's S-I-S-T-A-S. That's Facebook and Twitter. And you can download this show and all of our other great shows. Can you believe it will be six years this summer? That's right. We owe it all to you. You can find all our complete library at iTunes for free. Just look for Wealthy Sisters. Well, you know, we have come to that time in the show that everybody's excited about it. We are grateful that we started this. It is time for the business question of the week. And as you know, we here have been in business for over 25 years. And, I mean, I know a lot. And I don't know everything, but I do know a lot. And I do have sense enough for any questions that we get to find the experts as we do for you every week here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. So this week is not going to be any different. I want to say thank you so much to Sancheza. I pray that I'm pronouncing that right. She's from Gary, Indiana. She says she's been listening to us for two years now. Thank you. And her question is, she wants to know uh, if she should purchase, she's looking at purchasing a business, and she wants to know, is it better to only look for a franchise or should she look at um, purchasing an independent business? So, you know, that is a great question. And you know what? We absolutely have a guest on our show today, not just a guest, but this gentleman. When I tell you he is phenomenal, when you read his Story. It's incredible. A college dropout, none other than Ace Chapman, and you know how much I talk about every week that everything is in a name, so he's got that powerful name, right? Ace Chapman has bought and sold over 11 businesses in less than a decade, and he shares all of those techniques and teaches others how to do that as well. And he's going to do that for us here on the show today. So, Shanchaza, thank you so much for sending your question in. And if you, too, have a question that you want us to answer right here on Wealthy Sisters Radio, send it to family at WealthySistersRadio.com. Again, that's family at WealthySistersRadio.com. Or you can simply call our hotline at 800 
800-917-9435. Again, that's 800-917-9435, extension 808. You can even leave us a shout-out on that line as well. Well, you know we are excited about our show today, and I am not going to hold our guests from you much longer, but we have a short little message that we're going to break for, and we'll be right back with none other than Ace himself, Ace Chapman. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Hi there. This is Bill Lee. I'm a voice talent, and I want to work for you. Just email me at bill at billlee.net. For God so loved the world. We've probably all heard the start to this verse, but what does it really mean in our daily lives? At FedEx, we understand you want a partner who can help you go global. That's why FedEx delivers next business day by 10.30 a.m. from more major international cities than any other express carrier. FedEx, another day, another dollar saved. Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. We are live and we are back. This is Deborah Hartnett here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. We appreciate you so much for calling in. And, you know, if you've got a question, we're going to do our best to have an opportunity to open up the lines today. I know this is a hot topic. I've already been seeing it from all of the tweets we sent out today. Call us here at 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278. And you just simply press 1 if you have a question you'd like us to be able to ask towards the end of the show today. I tell you, we are excited about having you share this space and time with us here with our guests. As we talk about today, the art of buying and selling a business with none other than Mr. A. Chapman. So we want to give him a round of applause and a very, very special welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Hello, Ace. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters. How are you? Hey, it's great to be here. I'm great this morning. Excited to start chatting with you. Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, I must say congratulations to you, young man. I can say that. I'm a little older than you. <laughs> you have blazed a trail. I am so proud of everything that you're doing. I can't wait well, to get into that. details. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. That's great. You know, it's, it's really important to us to use this platform to showcase all the positive. And you, you definitely need to be out there front and center for what you've been able to do in such a short period of time. Well, it, it, it's interesting. I wish I could say that it was some kind of grand plan from the beginning. But uh-huh. it, it, I kind of fell into it and realized, oh, wait, this is an interesting opportunity that nobody is talking about. There are 2 million baby boomers that are trying to sell their businesses uh, as, yeah. as business owners. There's new businesses entering the market from the Internet that are now mature. Uh, so it's, it's a really exciting time to be able to go out while 99% of entrepreneurs are focused on starting something from scratch and, and trying to prove a, a concept to just go out and, and, and buy these businesses for a lot, a lot of times less than what it takes to start from scratch. Wow, you know, and you have really piqued my interest, so I'm just going to let the audience know I'm selfish. I'm taking notes for me today. I mean, this is <laughs> this is really good, you know, and you brought up that point about the baby boomers. Just like we look at trends in um, having to reinvent the workforce and make sure that there's a succession plan in place with the workforce, the businesses, um, we always talk about that, too, on the show, like what is your exit strategy? Are you going to sell your business? Are you going to will it to your children? Do they know how to operate the business? And yeah. this is just such a great topic. But before we get into that, Ace, I don't know if you have heard of the word on the street, but we are a little nosy here at Wealthy Sisters Radio. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> <laughs> and I had I had somebody text me and say, Deborah, stop lying. You are the one that's nosy. <laughs> but we are 
We you know our audience, they like to know who we're talking to. Yeah, like to look at a little bit of background about where you grew up and what actually led you on this path that we see today. Well, uh, I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and went to school oh. in in New York. And while I was in New York, I uh, was playing around with a stock market simulator. This is back in 98, 99, and, and those kind of things were fairly new to uh, the Internet. And so there was this stock market simulator game. And even when I was a young kid, I was just always interested in how does this thing work and generate so, mm-hmm. so much wealth for people. And so I started playing this game, and over the course of using the site just experienced a lot of downtime. The site was always crashing. The people that owned it yeah. were terrible about responding. And so I had the summer coming up. I figured, you know, let me reach out to these people and see if I might be able to get a great internship. They were down the road from me in Atlanta. Uh, I figured I'd be close uh-huh. to home. And so I reached out to them, really hoping for an internship, and kind of said, hey, it's not, I know that you guys have some issues, that kind of thing, would love to help out. And instead of responding with an intern offer, they respond saying, hey, we're actually wanting to sell this business. Would you be interested in buying it? <laughs> so that, wow. that, was, that first transition period was like, hey, why, why not try? You know, the worst thing yeah. that happen is they end up saying no. Yeah, yeah, right, so right. And from an intern to an owner. Wow. So <laughs> they asked you, okay, you're coming as an intern, and they, they were they must have really, was really, really seriously ready to move on to something else in their life yeah, if they were yeah. asking. They were probably asking a lot of people, how how um, common is that uh, for business owners and, and the options uh, of being able to sell? Do a lot of people know that they have that option because I think a lot of times when we start businesses and then we get involved, we're just so in the midst of keeping it going and and yeah. and building it that I see. I mean, seriously, I see dealing with a lot of high end CEOs or owners of companies. They sometimes don't have the time to put in that exit strategy or that plan. Yeah, well, that was the case with with that very first uh, deal. The, basically they had moved on to another project. And so that's why the service and everything was so terrible with this business. And really they were in a situation where the complaints were so much and, and all of that that they needed to either sell or, or do mm-hmm. something or, or kind of go back and focus on it because over time it was going to dwindle in value. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that's something for mm-hmm. people to think about. One of the biggest mistakes that business owners make is thinking, okay, you know what, I'm just going to slowly retire. I'm, I'm ready to get out of the business. I'll sell it in five years. Well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. once that passion dies for the business, the smartest right. thing you can do is get out of it. And I was really fortunate to, be, to, to have reached out to them and be at the right place at the right time. Uh, so they ended right. up offering me the business for 70000 I had $3,000 I'd saved up from working in the summer in the bank. <laughs> I had no idea how it was going to go from 3000 to seventy, but when they wrote back, I said, yes, I'll, I'll take it. So after thinking about it for a little while, I, I went mm-hmm. back to them. Now, so the thing is that they based that price off the fact that the business was making about 70000 a year. Now, normally mm-hmm. uh, in this space, you can buy something at two, three times earnings. So that basically means you okay. take how much is it's cash flowing uh-huh. in a year and multiply mm-hmm. that by two or three times. So I had no idea that I was getting, just because I had no idea how all this worked, that I was getting an incredible deal. So I'm sure they were pretty surprised when I came back to them and said, okay, in addition to that that incredible deal, I need you all to finance 50% of this for me. And so after mm-hmm. convincing them to do that, I ended up raising <laughs> some capital from a friend and, and putting together some credit cards. So that was my first Without really trying to be a leverage buyout, it was more just, I'm a broke college kid. How can I buy this business? That was my right. first uh, uh, leverage buyout. Right, right, right. And you're like, I'm going to make this happen. That's, that, that is so smart. And I'm glad you said, so if a person wants to sell their business, you said it's usually you can take what the revenue is times two, two to three times that is in, in, in determine the value. Is, that a, is, there, is it like a formula that someone, anything yeah. else that a person would use for that? Uh, so that's for businesses, $2 million. 
And okay. that really is the average. It's going to be that multiple of up two to three times. Sometimes people will add assets or inventory on top of that. Um, okay. And the neat thing, though, is if you do grow a business but beyond that $2 million mark uh, is when you get into kind of the smaller private equity firms and you can move that up to four to five t- times, and then you, you hit uh-huh. an, uh, another market about $15 million where or $10 million where you bounce, bounce, bounce up even higher than that. So, uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if it's the $2 million and below range, you're really talking about two to three times earnings. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, that's good. And is there anything else that a person would need to know, you know, to say that their business is a good business to sell? I mean, if if someone is making ten thousand dollars revenue and they want to sell, I mean, is that is that a good business to sell? I mean, would that qualify so a business to sell? Even the businesses that, uh, and I've done deal with with businesses that are just at break even. The real uh-huh. value for a business buyer, if you've got a business buyer that that um, you know really is aggressive, they know what they're doing, or they understand an industry. We're looking at a deal uh-huh. right now where uh, we, we know that the people on the other side that are bidding for the deal already are in this industry. So they've got some leverage points that we don't have. So okay. what an entrepreneur does is the hard work, and I appreciate them for it. <laughs> they do the right. hard work of kind of starting from scratch. When you're starting from scratch, you've got, you know, day one, you're, you're taking the, you're paying the deposit in for the lease, you start making lease payments, you've got to do the build out, you've got to go and hire totally new employees, hope that they're mm-hmm. good employees, spend money and mm-hmm. time to train them, eventually get to the point where you have a grand opening, got to do marketing leading up to that, and then finally you open after spending all this time and money and effort and you get to lose money for another six months to a year just trying to get to break even. So my whole philosophy is I really just like, I mean, they say that the toughest and and, uh, Mm -hmm. the time that you're going to most likely to go out of business is the first five years, so I like to skip over those, those first five years. So I've looked at businesses that really have made it, and, you know, I've seen cases, where a, uh, a owner, you know, had a recent deal where the owners of this business had gotten it from zero and over the course of three years built up the revenues to half a million, mm-hmm. but it was just break even. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it just got mm-hmm. to this point they've gone through employees and all this stuff, and they poured into this business for three years. And so uh, there isn't a tremendous amount of value there, but I'm able to come in and give them, they really just wanted to walk away from the business. They were willing to walk away for nothing because they had just poured everything into it. And they were tired. So, mm-hmm. uh, what, yeah, mm-hmm. they're just tired. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was able to come in and, and give them some walk away money to, to uh, kind of get, go on from that business and then we're investing in it and, and kind of taking it to the next level. So there are different mm-hmm. uh, values and, and there are different people that can come into a business and and see value in that business regardless of where it is. Uh, but I do encourage people, you know, like in that case, what those folks were going to do, and that's what I, I really try to encourage people not to do, is just walk away. So when you say mm-hmm. 10000 a month, I don't want the person that is making only 1000 a month to feel like, okay, right. I'm, I'm not making any profit. Uh, you know, making a thousand a month profit, there's no point in me selling this. You may be able to get somebody in who does appreciate the fact that, hey, I don't have to go through that nightmare. The, the that foundation or the infrastructure, yeah, to build right? That, build that, <laughs> that foundation. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's great. So, so tell me now. I know you you have bought. I mean so many businesses and, and sold, uh, what what do you actually look for? What should a person look for in yeah. a, a a business or what is the best business to buy? Because I know we've kind of been talking about that. We look at, we, we you said that the revenue is not a determining factor. It could just be timing or what have you. So what are uh-huh. what are those key things that you look for that indicate it's a good business for, for to purchase? What I like to look for is, um, uh, first of all, low-hanging fruit. I want to see that there are changes in the business that I can instantly make to instantly in- improve the month numbers. So whether it's mm-hmm. making 100000 uh a-, a month or uh, break even and not making anything, 
I just want to be able to see a very specific path to know that I'm going to be able to double the size. So if I can buy a business, even, I mean, a lot of people think that what I, what, what we do, and I've got a network of business buyers all over the country that uh, are, are doing deals through our, our company now, they think that we go in and we just lowball businesses and, and make offers. In most cases, um, we mm-hmm. actually will buy the business for what it's worth as it stands. Uh, we mm-hmm. like to, I would prefer to negotiate on, on terms than on price. So we okay. like to go in and, and actually pay what the what the business is worth. But the reason is because we like to do deals where there's obvious things that we can go in. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of quick examples. One right. I was going to ask for that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I wanted a so, definition. You say on terms versus price. I mean, if, and if you can hit a little bit more detail on that as well. Absolutely. So first I'll give you a couple mm-hmm. examples of the low-hanging mm-hmm. fruit, and then I'll give you um, uh, some, some specifics on, on the terms versus price. So, okay. you know, I, I, I bought a business, uh, and this is just a lot of deals. I've walked into a lot of businesses where I talk to the owner, and, you know, I'm asking them about the business and what's going on, and I like to look for hidden assets. And so one of the hidden assets in a lot of cases is databases of customers that uh, the, the um, company has built over the years. So uh, another quick side note that I look for besides low-hanging fruit is how many years has it been in business? I love, you know, one of the business, offline businesses I own right now has been in business for 34 years. Um, mm. That's a business that probably isn't going anywhere. I couldn't spend a million dollars and get the brand recognition that this business mm-hmm. has in the community. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that, that's a tremendous amount of power. But the other thing that's built up over those years is a big customer list that they were smart and kept that list. Yeah. So I had a business that I bought that had been in business for 22 years, and they had a, biz, uh, uh, a list of customers that had actually done business with them of over 14,000 people over the course mm-hmm. of those years. And so I'm asking the owner, oh, how often do you contact the people on this list? And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we don't really do that. We don't want to bother them. And I'm like, okay, so when was the last time that you, con- like, emailed them or, or contacted them in any way? Uh-huh. Like, no, we don't. We, we've never done that. We don't do that. Not even during the holidays? So, exactly. Send them a exactly. card or anything? So, yeah. So I made her an offer within 15 minutes of, uh, of walking into that business. Um, mm. and, and so another thing, oh, another real quick, so I'm giving some side notes on other things I look for. Motivated seller. She mm-hmm. was a motivated seller. They had to move to Europe, mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. Uh, she was, like I said, just a, a really motivated seller so I could get a, a really um, – mm-hmm. another quick example of low-hanging fruit is we bought a teeth whitening business where there were mm-hmm. expenses associated with um, the warehousing of the product, shipping the product, and, and all of that. So we mm-hmm. ended up buying this business. The, the, those expenses uh, were about 40% of the revenue. So that mm-hmm. was, you know, paying the people to ship and, and paying the warehouse, all that stuff. But we knew that um, Amazon has a program called FBA where we can uh, basically um, sit and send everything to them and they'll do the shipping for us for 15%. So wow. it was automatic down to the bottom line. And so in both of those cases, in, in the first case of the 14,000 people, we were able to triple the size of the business in about six months, and I sold that business, one of the shorter flips that I've done. In the mm-hmm. other case, obviously, as soon as we made that shift, we increased the, that 25% to the bottom line and mm-hmm. was, was able to increase the income of that business. So mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I'm talking about a lot of people think, oh, man, I, you know, I, I think there's some opportunity in this business to grow it. What we try to focus on is very specific, calculated uh, facts in the business that are definitely going to increase the bottom line. Okay. Okay. Oh, let's chat a little bit, though, before I wrap, or just on, on the terms versus price, because that is really important. Uh, yeah. One of my uh, mentors uh, gave the example of, you know, if I could buy a billion-dollar business and they want me to pay $2 billion for it and I control mm-hmm. the terms, I would do that all day long as long mm-hmm. as I really could control the terms. Because I would just pay half a million down and 50000 a month for the next 1,000 years. Mm-hmm. If you can control mm-hmm. the terms, 
you can really oh, decide okay. how that deal is going to work. So obviously, if you're only paying okay. fifty thousand and this business worth a billion dollars, you're you're ahead. And so, and yeah, that's at the simple level. you're making a payment, and you already have the revenues. You can make the payment exactly. from the revenue. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's smart. Exactly. Okay. So people get okay. uh, hooked on price when it comes to these deals, and uh-huh. forget that it's really about the terms. And and so the reason that uh, we have a lot of the success that we have is that we not only structure deals from the perspective of increasing our ROI, we also uh-huh. want to structure the deal from the perspective of protecting ourselves from a due diligence uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking a half mm-hmm. a million dollar risk on a $2 billion deal, you're safe. You know, that's worth mm-hmm. it. That's worth that, that bet because you make a new, enough of those bets, you're going to be in the, in the good at some point. Uh, so mm-hmm. our goal is to structure the deal so that we lower risk and increase ROI. Mm-hmm. Structure them to lower the risk and increase ROI. That's, I mean, that's a great formula. <laughs> that's yeah. all our, <laughs> all our <laughs> mission. <laughs> that's the goal. That's yeah. the goal of this business thing that we're absolutely. in. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. If you have just tuned in, you are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. I am Deborah Hartnett, your host, and our guest today is Mr. Ace Chapman. He is. The original, shall I say? No, he is. He is an ace for sure. He's been building, uh, buying and selling businesses for less than a decade now, and he's sharing some great information with us. Ace, we want to just take a a short message break. We'll be right back. Uh, and if you've got a question you want to ask, you can post it in the chat room, or you can call us at three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight, and make sure you press one. The lines are packed. Ace, uh, if anybody has a question you like to uh, answer, ask. Definitely want to get to our business question of the week um, from Sancheza. So when we come back, we want to know about that. Her question was, should you um, look for franchises? You know, is that a better business to buy? And I think you kind of answered it a little bit more uh, earlier, but if you can answer it in more detail for her. How's that sound, Ace? All right. Okay, fantastic. We'll be right back after this break. You are definitely listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters with Deborah Hartnett. com's Full Body Cleanse works to naturally cleanse and detoxify the body to aid in weight release, enhancing the immune system, and increasing energy levels. The Full Body Cleanse consists of the blood and lymphatic formula, cardiovascular, liver, spleen, and gallbladder, lungs and respiratory, kidneys, bladder, and adrenals, colon and digestive tract, and activated charcoal. When you cleanse your body, you open up the door to healing and rejuvenation. Dherbs.com Do you need a vacation? DDM Vacations and Global Travel International offers affordable vacations, cruises, getaways, all-inclusive resorts, honeymoon, family reunions, and more. We specialize in small to large groups, including sightseeing tours. Book your next vacation with DDM Vacation at 800-254-4493, PIN 6311665. Again, that's 800-254-4493, PIN 6311665. Or visit us at ddmvacations.globaltravel.com. We are live back here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. You know how much we appreciate you. Did you realize it has been six years now? We are approaching our sixth anniversary this summer. We have a very, very special surprise for our sixth anniversary. And I just can't say thank you enough for just all of your love and, I mean, just everything, the feedback. And I want to encourage you, if this is your first time listening to our show, make sure that you know you can catch this show and all of our other dynamic shows at WealthySistersRadio.com. Again, that's WealthySistersRadio.com. I want to make sure that you follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Wealthy Sisters. And when you go to our site, join the mailing list. I promise you, we do not spam. We only send you information about the show so that you can be the one that's first to know who's going to be here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. And speaking of who's here, we have none other than Ace 
Chapman today, and we are talking about the art of buying and selling a business. And before that, our business question of the week happened to be about purchasing a business. And Sanchez is from Gary, Indiana, and you may have heard me talk, mentioning her question before, Ace. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted yeah. to know, is it better to only look for franchises or should she look at independent businesses? And I know you kind of have talked a little bit about it, but if you can, you know, direct it more to her question would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. So there, there's a, a, there are really just pros and cons to each, uh, mm-hmm. uh, more so than a hard, fast answer. So let's talk about some of the pros and cons. Um, okay. I've done, I've done deals in uh, three different franchise concepts. Uh, okay. So great, they have systems in place yes. uh, for people to come Maybe. in and, and do mm-hmm. the training and, and all of that. So what happens mm-hmm. is we can, uh, you know, like I, I literally bought a business with one of them. I didn't even go to the training. I, I, I could send a, uh, uh employee up and they would go through the process and come back and be able to run that business. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. a very powerful uh, thing to to just be able to send your folks, get trained, have a system mm-hmm. in place, have the marketing, and all that. So a lot mm-hmm. of pros with going and buying a franchise. Now, like I said before, I like to buy existing businesses because it's really not uh, much more expensive than starting from scratch anyway. And right. people are a lot more willing to lend on them. And and so when it comes to a franchise, another pro is that. You are, uh, especially if you buy an existing one, uh, lenders uh-huh. like loaning money on franchise concepts because they have because a of very the name. high mm-hmm. yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm. They've got a very mm-hmm. high success rate. But they really like loaning on existing uh, franchise concepts that are already in business and making money because the biggest risk with a, with a franchise is that you open up in a location that isn't a good location. So if you buy one that's existing, you've got rid of that risk as well. So that, mm-hmm. that's the easiest place to raise capital. Now, the downside to uh, doing those, the franchise deals is that they're mm-hmm. a little bit more, uh, higher. They're, you're going to sell at a little okay. bit of a premium because of those benefits. And the okay. franchise, a lot of times, will end up setting the price, and they kind of uh-huh, set a more little bit of the huh. terms. Mm-hmm. They tell you how mm-hmm. much cash you've got to have in the transaction. And we do a lot of deals mm-hmm. with no money down, so they don't like that mm-hmm. as much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because they're not getting the percentage of it. <laughs> they have no money yeah, down. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you compare that with a, a existing business that's not a franchise, you just have a lot more mm-hmm. freedom. You're able to determine just you and the seller, how do we want to structure this deal? You can get really creative with the structure. As long as you're making the seller happy, those, that's the only person that you have to worry about making happy. You don't have some third party that has to approve right. the deal that, that you negotiate. So that's, that's what right. I would just consider. I think it's important to look at the whole market. So you never know where that really great opportunity is going to come from. So I would look mm-hmm. at uh, existing businesses. I would look at franchise businesses. Like I said, one of the biggest uh, determining factors in whether it's a good deal or not is finding a motivated seller. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that can help you get a deal. We had a uh, deal with a franchise. I won't mention the name, but this was a deal we were doing out west in Washington State, and we're dealing with a franchisor, and the seller was really motivated. The franchisor actually didn't want to approve my buyer for a few reasons, mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. the seller really went to bat, like, no, y'all don't understand. Like, if I don't get this thing closed with this guy, this thing is going to be shut down and you're not getting any royalties. You're not going to have you know anything. I mean? Nothing so, from nothing leaves nothing. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you've got a motivated seller, whether it's franchise or uh, existing business, that's that's the mm-hmm. real key ingredient to making it a good deal. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now, where does a person go to uh, to buy a business? I mean, are there websites? I, I, I know people don't use newspapers anymore. I remember I used to see <laughs> a lot of businesses in yeah. the newspaper. So where I mean, if if I want, I'm ready to buy. And I, I want to start a business, but I want to purchase it. Do you help people do that as well, or where would where would they go? Where would they look? 
Well, yeah, we, we absolutely help people do that, and, and our website is acechapman.com. But just to see mm-hmm. businesses that are for sale, you can go to bizbysell.com, B-I-Z-B-U-Y-S-E-L-L.com, and they are probably the largest place to find just businesses that are either for sale by owner or for sale by a business broker. The other thing that's great is to just call a local business broker and see what businesses mm-hmm. they have listed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you just kind of check your listings for a business broker, um, you know, uh, for that mm-hmm. as well. Now, do you do you often encourage or think that it's better to go through a broker, or or should someone try to go for themselves? And then with that question. How do you select a broker? You know, do you have suggestions for that? Yeah, so it's you're going to get the best deals, and that's what we help our uh, clients do. So basically, what mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time doing is looking for businesses that aren't listed for sale. The difference between buying a business in this market and um, when you go out into uh, doing something like real estate. When uh, you're looking at a piece of real estate and you're looking at listings and MLS and, and all that, about 70, I'm sorry, of the real estate that gets closed was advertised in some way. So it's either on Craigslist, it was listed by a business broker, or I'm sorry, a real estate broker, I'm stuck in my world. So it was listed by a real <laughs> estate broker uh, and, you know, or on the MLS or whatever. And when uh-huh. it comes to businesses, 80% of the businesses that close aren't advertised in any way. That means they're not listed on business by sale. They're not listed with a business broker. They're not on Craigslist or, or any of that. So only 20% mm-hmm. of the deals that close are are listed. So it's important mm-hmm. to get access to that 80% of the market, and, and that's a lot of what we spend time uh, kind of building relationships and, and, and getting the deal flow from that 80% of the market. Now, when mm-hmm. you are are looking for deals, the easiest place just to start looking is, is brokers uh, and websites. Okay. And honestly, if you okay. just go to businesses for sale and Google that, you'll find some other resources as well. But okay. you know, what you want to look for in a in a broker is somebody who's a little bit more open minded. The big the toughest thing with business brokers is pretty much they want their job to be easy. I mean, at the end of the day, who doesn't? So for a business right. broker, what they really want is just somebody who's gonna come in, write a check for the business, and they take that check to the owner, close the deal, and it's an easy deal. They don't wanna have to deal with these complicated structures and a lot of the things that we do that's a, a lot more creative to get the deal done. So that's why it's a little bit easier if you're dealing with uh, a seller directly as opposed to dealing with a broker. So when you're talking to a broker, you just want to establish that. Like, hey, you know, tell me about um, some of the more creative deals that you've gotten done uh, for buyers and and, uh, just let them know that I'm I'm not going to be somebody who's just writing a check. So there's that mm-hmm. uh, kind of understanding uh, established at the, uh, right at the ground floor of the relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you know, when we think about um, selling a business, we, we kind of talked about that as the exit strategy. You know, what would someone do uh, when they, their their plans are, you know, do, are they going to send it, will it to their children? Are they training their children to take over or um, do they have plans of selling it? And we know there are, especially in our community, there are a lot of of people who are upset for, you know, like in Bob Johnson. He sold out or whenever anyone that builds a, a company and they sell it and, who are, and they're not uh, using any factors or discrimination, you know, or who purchases the business. Uh-huh. Um it seems that that is what people do, and, they, and and I think I remember reading something on your site about that. You know, that's why a lot of people build. When you're talking about creating wealth, they build businesses to sell them. So, yeah, what would a person need to do? How you know? I know it has a lot to do with the mindset, but what would they need to do to prepare their business for uh, selling? 
So one of the great things, you know, we talked about that whole difference between franchises and Mm -hmm. buying an existing business. Whenever Mm -hmm. we buy a business, we try to make every business a little bit more like a franchise so that you get the benefits of of a franchise without the downsides. And Mm -hmm. one of the benefits is having systems and processes that are put together for running all the different aspects of the business. And that can mm-hmm. really set you apart, uh, just having all of those in place. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we will put together uh, SOP, it's just uh, the systems and procedures, operation procedures of the business, and it covers literally everything that's in the business. And when you're sitting across from a seller and, uh, and you're a buyer, that's what you want to kind of think about as a seller. So if you're thinking from the buyer's perspective, one of their concerns is going to be, man, can I really run this business? Am I going to be able to replace the person that's behind the desk right now and, and you know, mm-hmm. is it going to fail and what's going to happen if I lose the manager or what's going to happen if I lose this key employee, all those things. And so instead mm-hmm. of trying to just gloss over that, you want to show them that you've thought about that and that you've prepared that form. So you want to ask the buyer, what, what's your, what are your, some of your concerns? And they'll say, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do if I lose the manager. And you can pull out your folder of SOPs and mm-hmm. show them, okay, when you go to Section M, it talks about mm-hmm. the replacement of a manager, and it tells you everywhere that you're going to advertise to get a new manager. It goes through the different training aspects of bringing that new manager in, characteristics you want to look for, all, everything that you need step-by-step step to get another mm-hmm. manager in here and get them trained and have them working as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, They say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do when it comes to the marketing. It's like, well, you go to the marketing section, it, uh, it shows you everything that we've tried in the past that didn't work for us, exactly what we did, how you might want to try something different, what we're doing right now that is working, you know, how much money we're spending on that, and, and suggestions for things that you might want to test in order to grow the business. When you break mm-hmm. down everything in your business that way, uh, that gets a buyer really comfortable with the fact that they're going to be able to run that business. And, and that's mm-hmm. what gets them to the closing table and gets you a premium over the price. And there's a lot oh, of right. other things, but I think that's uh-huh. a great place to start that most uh, small business businesses That you have here. a plan. Yeah, you, you've got that system. Like you say, we always say, you know, system, that acronym, save yourself time, energy, and money. You've got a system in place for them for all the scenarios that could, you know, happen for them that they don't have to just try to figure it out on their own. So is that kind of like what you call increasing value of their business? You know, if someone is ready to sell it, is that one of the ways that they can increase the value of it? Can they add that to the the terms or (laughs) the the price of that business? What what are some of the other things they can do to increase the value of their business? Uh, Well, at a, at a basic level, just growing the business. Uh, a lot of folks, mm-hmm. uh, when they're looking to <laughs> yep, get out make of the some business, money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that really is the, the <laughs> biggest bottom line is yes. how can I grow the business? But uh-huh. a lot of people only think that growing a business comes from increasing your own revenues uh, mm-hmm. or going out and spending more on marketing and, and not knowing if that's going to work or not. What I like is mm-hmm. your thing. I don't like to, to – to spend money on things that I don't know are going to work. And one mm-hmm. of the easiest ways to increase the size of your business is to go out and buy a competitor. So anytime mm-hmm. I take over a business, one of the things that we spend a lot of time doing in that business is taking our competitors to lunch. So we want mm-hmm. to spend as much time with those competitors, talking to them, and I know that if I take – of my competitors to lunch, one of them is going to tell me that they really want to sell and get out of the business. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, instead of going out and trying to figure out how can I grow this business, the easiest way to systematically, mm-hmm. yep, the system, you mm-hmm. see this in larger businesses, um, mm-hmm. what, they, mm-hmm. what they spend time doing, there's usually a whole department dedicated to figuring out 
the next business that they're going to go and take over and merge mm-hmm. with. And that mm-hmm. automatically increases the size of your business. Now, I talked a little bit earlier about the, the, the different uh, kind of price points where you get an increase in multiples. So okay. it's not, hey, I go buy this business at a two multiple, you know, over the next couple of years, it's going to pay for itself, and then I get all of that equity when I sell both my business and the business I took over. The other uh, neat thing and, and what really makes this exciting is that once you hit a certain point, you actually get a higher multiple. So you mm-hmm. go out and you buy three competitors and you bought them at a two multiple. Now you're worth, uh, you've got a, a total worth of two and a half million, but you're going to be worth a little, about five million. So you may have paid two, two and a half million for those businesses, but once you okay. hit that two million mark, you can actually get a four multiple instead of two. So okay. you can go okay. and sell all of those businesses combined for $5 million instead of the 2 and a half that you paid. Wow. Mm. This is some good stuff here. I'm telling you, if you have just tuned in, we are speaking with Ace Chapman. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host here on Wealthy Sisters Radio, and we're talking about the art of buying and selling businesses. I want to make sure that you know that we are here for you as we provide rich resources every week here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. You can find this show if you've just tuned in or you've got to go. Don't worry about it. You can download it and listen to it on your own 24-7. I got you. We write at WealthySistersRadio.com. We're on iTunes. They're complimentary. People tell me don't say free, but People hear free. Complimentary, that's a long word. They hear free first, right? (laughs) It's there for you on iTunes. And, again, know that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, Ace, I want to ask you this question because we we talked about um, buying and selling the businesses. Now, you have purchased a lot. You've sold a lot. Are there some that, you know, that, oh, well, you're too young to know about Kenny Rogers' son, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, yeah, <laughs> know when to yeah. walk away, know when to run. <laughs> Do you hold? Well, you're from Chattanooga, though. You probably heard that play everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> <Chattanooga>. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the Ruby Falls down there. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm from Atlanta, so you know that was a big trip for us in the summertime. Yeah. We, that's how we didn't take vacations, but we went to Ruby Falls. <laughs> but tell me, do you have businesses that you just particularly say, I'm going to hold, I'm going to keep this, I love this type of business, or do you just, it does it just really depend on, on that particular business model itself? It definitely depends on the on the business. There, It's really rare. Uh, because mm-hmm. I do understand that when you lose focus on a business, uh, mm-hmm. you uh, can end up missing out on on opportunities, and mm-hmm. that just is a it's a smart thing to get in, provide value to the business, and eventually sell it. If it's not going to now, the thing that I will do, and I love mm-hmm. to do, is I love selling a business but then keeping a little bit of equity in it. So if I have faith oh, in the, okay, the buyer okay. of that business, um, okay. I've got uh, you know, faith in the business itself, then I want to hold a little bit of equity. And honestly, when I'm buying a business, seller isn't interested in holding a little bit of equity. I get mm-hmm. a little, you know, I want to look at that deal Concern. a little closer because I want to know uh-huh. why, why aren't you excited? Either two things are the case. Either uh-huh. You're looking at me, and you don't have faith that I'm going to be able to run the business, which that mm-hmm. I need to pay attention to that. Some sellers are like, well, no, you know, that doesn't matter. Blah, blah. But they know that business, and they mm-hmm. know a little bit about your skill set. And so if you mm-hmm. can't convince them that you're going to be able to run that business, that should be a, a, something that you're aware of as a business buyer. But number mm-hmm. two, Maybe they don't have faith in the business itself. So one of those things mm-hmm. has to be the case if they're not interested in, in being just a small portion, a part of the future growth of, of that business. And, and so I want to pay attention to that. But, no, I love 
holding a little bit of equity in the in the businesses that I build and, and eventually sell. But as a primary driver, people hold on to businesses uh, too long in, in, in most instances, and they don't uh, really get the true value out of the business because they, they sell at a point when they're, they're really just tired of it. The real truth is um, you want to sell when you're still excited. <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's when, when you're on momentum. top, yeah, <laughs> when when you're you're, on yeah, top. That, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, always leave on top, not when you got to be forced out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so most people wait until they have to get rid of it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And and or even you know sometimes I I have seen situations where uh, the the founder of the business passed away and. The, Children yeah. and wanted, and they they wind up having to sell it. And do you find it that a lot of times that can d- diminish the value if a person waits and they don't have that plan in place? Um, how how dangerous is that to yeah to you know, all of us to business add, owners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to add a, a, another thing that that's uh, kind of in those top three for increase of value. One, the third would just be having an exit strategy. You know, 90% mm-hmm. of the businesses that I talk to don't have any exit strategy, and, mm-hmm. and that should just be a part of your business plan is, is how you're going to exit and extract value. What we're really mm-hmm. building here, you know, I, I know a lot of people end up having this attachment to their business, but mm-hmm. your business is an asset, and you want to treat mm-hmm. it like an asset, and you want to make smart mm-hmm. decisions about it, not as this thing that's attached to you that you're going to have to, you know, pry away, but right. it's as an asset that you want to extract as much value from while you own it mm-hmm. and as, mm-hmm. much, what, as much value from after you've owned it. And mm-hmm. when you're focused on it that way, you can tend to make some better decisions. But absolutely, mm. a lot of the deals that we look at, are deals that are what I call distressed sales. So the owner mm-hmm. of the business has now reached a point where they've got some health issues, uh, maybe they've mm-hmm. passed away, um, and it's really a, uh, you know, people are just running around with their heads cut off. There's no plan in place uh, to, to mm-hmm. kind of move forward. And it's only legitimate that the buyer of a business like that is going to get it at an amazing deal because they've got right. to be the ones to come in and figure everything out because they're in the place and it's pretty mm-hmm. chaotic. So they've got to come mm-hmm. in and turn that chaos uh, into you know a working business again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I tell you, this has been an incredible show, Ace. We're going to have to have you back. Uh, it's some great information that you shared with us today about the art of buying and selling the business. And the last thing I wanna I wanna ask you, um, we're, we're wrapping up here. Time goes by so fast. What <laughs> if a person wants to do what you're doing? Do you coach people on how to actually buy and sell businesses like you do? You have a program in place for others to to learn, and do they have to have good credit? Because I know that's one of the questions people <laughs> all the things that yeah. <laughs> how much money do I have to have? You know, or uh, all those qualifying those negative thoughts that come in our mind to prevent us from taking action. You know, you you know what they are. So, so if you can kind of take a 90 seconds and, and, and answer that question for us as well. Yeah. So we do, you know, it's, uh, the great thing is it's not just me coaching. At this point, we've had, we've got a network of people uh, mm-hmm. all over the country and outside the country, Mexico, Israel, South, South Africa, uh, just from uh, Canada. So wow. we've got a pretty large network of business buyers, and all of mm-hmm. those people are the ones that are going out, testing the strategies, and feeding back information as to what's working, what isn't, what, what to stay away from, what types of deals to do. Because of mm-hmm. that, we've been able to develop a lot of creative ways to get deals done. Uh, the nice thing about this space is that, you know, what our goal is and, and kind of the definition of a leverage buyout is that the business is buying itself. So we're using the assets of the business. We're using the cash flow yeah. of the business to buy yeah. the business. In, in some cases, it's the credit, wow. credit of the business. And so wow. it's actually 
actually you've got a lot more of the wind behind your back when you're doing mm. these deals to go out and get the financing than going out and trying to convince somebody to take the that you, you know, worth the risk. go play uh-huh. the lottery uh-huh. with you of starting uh-huh. from scratch. So it's it's mm-hmm. easier to put together these deals and, and put together the capital despite whatever your situation is. The thing that I tell people is you've got to be willing to do to hustle more. You know, if mm-hmm. you're if mm-hmm. you're not bringing great credit to the table, if you're not bringing a lot of cash to the table, you've got to be willing to to out hustle the person that is bringing those two things. Mhm, mhm. Wow. Well, Ace, congratulations to you, my brother. Thank you so much for all the great things that you are doing, blazing the trail and setting such a great example uh, for all of us. And, again, we want you to know that you can go to WealthySistersRadio.com, click right there on Featured Guests, and you will see all of Ace's information there. Please make sure you visit him. Uh, go to Facebook. I'm sure he's on there as well. All of the, all the social media sites, Google him, Ace Chapman, acechapman.com. Make sure you get this information and, and check it out. Ace, thank you again uh, for, for joining us here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. And like I said, we have to definitely have you back one day soon. Excellent. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Well, I tell you, you know, as always, we promise you the best here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Did you hear that? Did you hear everything he said today? I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I definitely, my mind, my wheels are spinning. They really, really are. So if you missed the first half of the show, don't worry about it. Just go to WealthySistersRadio.com right now. You can download this show right after we finish here in a few minutes and all of our other great shows. And, again, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to us today as we come to the point in the show, our power thought of the day. What is that power thought of the day? Well, I want to share with you just some amazing experiences that I've just had that in the lessons that I've learned and, and gained from that Learning, the power thought of the day is learning how to yield, learning how to yield. And I know that some of you might say, oh, that's kind of airy, that's kind of airy, but it is. You know, sometimes we can we can talk about businesses today, and I think that's a great subject we talked about, buying and selling. Sometimes, you know, you can feel like you're forcing and you're forcing, you've tried this, you've tried that, you've tried this. And then sometimes we just have to learn how to yield to the flow. And I was doing, in my reading yesterday, I understood from the reading, you know, in my my quiet time, that everything is in divine order. We say that, we say that, but do we really, really believe it? Do we really, really understand what that means? And it came to me, my interpretation, that there is nothing... As, as, as the reading said, there is nothing really wrong because the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, has created perfection in everything. And when things don't work the way that we want them to work, just understand that that's all a part of that divine plan and that everything is working in our favor and that it's all working for us. We can't lose. We're natural born winners. We talk about that all the time right here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Your sperm beat out all those millions of other sperms. So that's why we talk about being that natural born winner. So once again, remember learning how to yield. We want to thank you so much again for tuning in to us. I love you sharing this space and time with us here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Please make sure you continue to share. If you love this show, you appreciate the quality and programming, the positivity, the practical knowledge that we provide to you every week. Tell it. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it. Like you share those pair of shoes when you got on sale. Make sure you tell everybody to tune in to us here. Visit us at Wealthy Sisters Radio. Make sure you join our list. And remember, you can always find us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, as always, we wish you and yours the best of everything great. Thank you to all of our support team. And thank you to Ace Chapman for joining us here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. See you next week. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show.